distance. I can see it. Next aid station. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Ultra Runners, it's Kev back again. I'm sorry I haven't been with you for a little while. Um, There's been a heck of a lot going on. Um, I had a bereavement in the family, lost my dear mother, Pam Slater, uh, about three weeks ago. And at this very moment, my sister and her three daughters, my nieces, are walking up the pig track to Snowden. And I was up there two weeks ago with a group of fellow dragons in training uh, in between seeing my mother off at her funeral. So um, a lot has gone on and I haven't had time to catch up, but there's loads to talk about. Um, I've got day one recce with the three previous mentioned people, thanks to Peter Riley, who you will find out more about um, later on in the podcast. Uh, or maybe not this episode, maybe another one. Um, I've also uh, went up to see uh, Free To Be Kids, who are my designated charity for the Dragon's Back race. I've got a fantastic interview coming up with uh, Rachel of Free To Be Kids, um, and that is absolutely uh, a brilliant intro into them and all the good stuff that they do about getting uh, children in difficult situations in inner cities out into the countryside and getting connected with nature to help them with their mental health and their growth in life. Um, And on top of that, I've also met with um, Hannah and the mad Lizzie Gatherer uh, about Lizzie's um backyard ultra at Lincoln Holt that she's going to do um she decided you may have heard in previous episodes um she had a tryout did a 12 hour one round her local area right from her home um and she's decided now that she's going to take it on and has entered and she's entrant number 26 in the race so uh Hannah and I have agreed to crew Lizzie which um could mean at least 81 hours (laughs) uh, of crewing. Um, I only say that because recently in the Suffolk Backyard Ultra, the world record was set, Um, and which is absolutely amazing um, by both guys. Uh, One did 80 and the other did 81 yards. Um, And uh, so Lizzie's got that in her mind now. (laughs) World records, here we come. no, seriously, I mean, obviously she wants to go as far as she can and wants to qualify for the big one in the States. So we'll see how that goes. And I've got a whole episode on that coming up, which will be out in the probably second week of July. Her race is in early July. Um, and we had a planning meeting, which I also recorded. So there'll be some snippets of that. So we want to take you through the whole process from planning through to the end of Lizzie's race. And then on top of that, mentioning Lizzie, I'm about to leave in the next two hours to go and pick her up. And we're going up to Snowdonia again. And I'm going to recce with Lizzie day two over two days, which will take us from Nant Gwynant at the uh, base of the Snowdon Massif 
down to Dolgethlau, which is uh, the finish of day two camp and where I started day three in the previous Dragon's Back special. So there's a lot to get on and a lot to um, talk about. So hopefully we can uh, catch up with a lot of that stuff and I'll be mixing it in as I go along. I've just driven over Penny Pass in the pouring rain as usual up here in Snowdonia and I'm at Lamberis and we're staying in the Heights bunkhouse for the next three days and I'm going to be joined by three other dragons in training who I have no idea, I've never met them before and only met them via the um, Dragons Back Facebook page. We're in a bunkhouse with loads of bunks in Um, And I've got my sleeping bag and a pillow and all these nice things I've never used before (laughs) to try them out. But it's nice and warm. It's not like going to be in a tent or anything like we run in the actual race. And uh, this has all been organised by a guy called Peter Riley, who goes by the name of Royal Force. Uh, We're being joined by Sylvie and a guy called Steve Jones at uh, a later date. And we're going to recce days one involve a lot of moving around of vehicles between Conway Castle and um, down at the other end of the camp at the end of day one. Well I'm here now, we've dropped our cars off at uh, the other side of Penny Pass at the foothills or the foot of Snowden. And we've driven over to Conway and I'm stood right under the battlements of the very impressive Conway Castle. And we're about to start day one recce route of the Dragon's Back race. It's now five past five in the morning and we're just waiting for a chap that I've never met called Steve Jones to turn up. He's a bit of a ledge apparently. And um, I'm here with Pete Riley. And Sylvie, who's been on a mountain leaders course in Snowden before she came directly over to us, uh, which is pretty impressive as well. So quite a lot to uh, find out about what she's been going on with that. So we're going to be meeting up with Steve in a minute and then we'll be off. We've climbed up to checkpoint one on day one out of Conway and uh, when you come up out of the town you get off the battlements there's no rush because you haven't dipped in yet to start the race Um, and then you do about 800 meters up steep hill up the road and you go right through a very tight kissing gate and then trek your way up some very narrow route up through the woods so there's no need to get off to a flying start or jostle position six days to go and it is a slow trek out especially with a load of people that have been crowded uh, but it's fantastic views when you get up the top straight away to checkpoint one it's only about a mile and a half mile and three quarters to the first checkpoint um, and today is absolutely flat calm it's about 11 degrees uh, completely overcast 
but you can see the tops in the distance so it's really good so onwards and upwards I'll come back when we get to the next checkpoint or the next point where we choose to stop we've mainly um, walked or speed trekked at the moment uh, not much running just to get the legs moving and get started So we've just come over Talifan at uh, checkpoint 3 and according to the 2019 route map you have to get up there by 10 o'clock and if the race starts at 7 that's 3 hours and we did it 2 hours 45 walking, didn't do any running so if that's correct it would be doable although those times would probably be reduced a little bit because there's an hour less for each day this year than there was in 2019. Um, Talifan is at 2,000 feet up, just over 600 metres, and we're now descending back down a fixed rock descent, not much loose rock, just great big slabs of uh, big rocks. Um, moving on to checkpoint four, and the cloud has come down. It's still calm, but you can't see anything in the clag so a little bit of map and a little a lot of gdpx route down you can probably hear me stumbling around on this descent so um you come up over quite a bit of sort of open moorland wet boggy land to get up to talifan um, and the route does zigzag around a bit so there's a lot of uh your own way making you can make but there's not much to gain uh, off of the actual GPX route really but you can lose you know a few minutes here and there go zigzagging through it and going the wrong way if you're at the back of the pack which is probably where I'll be those few minutes here and there all count because they mount up over six days and mount up each day for the cutoffs I will get back to you once we do the next one. We're actually heading up to, I think it's Carnid Llewellyn now, so we're going to head out to the Carnids. And um, that's at 920 metres, I think, which I don't know if that's probably one of the Welsh 3000s, as in 3000 feet. Um, and so we'll be heading into the higher mountains now, over towards Triffin and Snowden. See you later. I'm just at Drum now, in absolute clag. You can see about 40 metres. Um, and it's dead calm and nice and warm. Good running weather, actually, if I was doing much running. Um, but just a correction from checkpoint three, we did Carnid Duel. Um, and now we've come up to Drum. And so it's a, a down off of... Foley Lewis 
and then back up again, kind of duel, and then back down a little bit, and back up to drum, which is quite boggy at the bottom. Um, and then it's head out over to Folfras and to Carnid Gwynillion, which was formerly Carnid Unshaft. 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 At checkpoint four. So, not much to report, can't see a thing. Uh, but I'll come back when we get up to there. I'm at uh, 3,092 feet at the moment. Uh, so this must be one of the 3,000s. And it's going to be 3,000s all the way now. I've just left Carnid uh, Dafford the last of the carnids and descending down some very rocky scree paths um, didn't get back to you since drum um, and probably since checkpoint five maybe that was checkpoint seven we've just left which is on the dragon's back 2019 map um, and it was uh, very cloudy we had rain uh, so i didn't bother getting them the mic out um, but it wasn't bad going, it's all fairly up and down over a mix of some wet, boggy stuff and then quite a bit of rock and it particularly gets rocky over the carnids. Um, they're very stony and a bit of ridgeline stuff but nothing too dramatic and then we're heading out to Penirolwyn now and it, the terrain opens right out um, and it's all rock and, and not much else uh, but clear path through the rock and you could descend fairly quick over it if you're one of the sure-footed mountain goats uh, without too much bother um, so we're going to head to Pennet Rollwind then down into the valley below where we are going to stop for a refuel before taking on Triffin and the glitters, uh, which will get us over to um, back to Penny Pass at uh, the end of what we're going to do today in this part of the recce. Uh, so it hasn't been too bad. We haven't been pushing at all, really. We've did a bit of running and descending and on the flats, but we've just been uh, walking most of it, making sure that we're getting the recce right, particularly up in the the cloud, so we're descending out of the cloud now and the cloud is actually lifting and I can see quite a distance around a lot of the brooding mountains that are around. I'm hoping to see Triffin in a minute, standing as it does majestically out there in a giant point, but haven't got to that yet. So get back to you after checkpoint, uh, well we're past checkpoint seven, maybe checkpoint eight, I'll come back, but the um, other thing is that because uh, we're not pushing it we, we would have been timed out by now um, so the timings aren't really relevant to what we're doing at the moment but uh, which would have been nice to find out where we're at time-wise against the timings that are on the 2019 map but uh, wasn't to be so but we're better off getting around in one piece and uh, getting the route right 
So you'll probably hear the wind over the mic and me out of breath because I'm now climbing Triffon, or we all are. Um, the descent back down to Lake Ogwin, or Lynn Ogwin, Ogwin um, is uh, really quite steep with rocky gullies um, and a bit of hand scrambling and it's all stony off the uh, top of the carnage anyway so there's quite a bit of work involved there so it's one to watch because if you're at the tail end of the race and you're racing that cut-off time um, at the first checkpoint uh, then you need to watch it there because that's not a quick descent so you're not going to make up any time on that descent if you thought you were unless you are a real great descender over rock so it's one to be careful of um, as I say the time hasn't been important to us because we're just taking this as a a day out recce mainly walking although we did do a bit of running towards the end down to the lake when we got onto some more fell running type ground and uh, so we're now going up Triffon and then over the two glitters and back down into the valley where the cars parked which would be the end of our day today and the end of uh, to the first checkpoint where the bag drop is at the at Penny Pass at the end of well that section not the end of the day it's about two thirds of the way in I suppose and we have been going currently for the best part of nine hours so that wouldn't be any good on the day we'd be cut off but uh, it's still lovely in terms of the actual terrain there's a lot more visibility now than there was no sun but still cloud cover and uh, keep climbing and I'll come back to you later. We're now descending off of Glidderfach uh, and uh, down to Penny Pass and back to where the car is and the climb up Trippen took an hour and it's a lot of hand scrambling, it's a good uh, scramble up there and uh, but what surprised me the most was then once you get over the back of Trippen is the, net, the scramble up the glitters, which I wasn't expecting. I thought it was going to be an easier transition than that off of Triffon, and it wasn't. So that really was sapping. Um, and then when you come across the top of the glitters, it's all rock. Um, so it's going to be hard to make up any time if you're getting close to the cutoff down at uh, Penny Pass. So even the descent off, I mean, it is, there's stuff that's runnable now but you're gonna legs are gonna be fairly shot and you've also got a lovely view across to Krupp, Gok and Snowden and you'd be thinking oh my word 
I need to keep a bit in the legs to uh, get across there. So without a doubt, so far from the ones I've done, um, day one is absolutely brutal and uh, one to, to nail or get through. I mean, I still think Penny Pass is the key to opening, obviously, the rest of the time. And that would be my focus, is to get through Penny Pass before the cutoff and that dreaded marshal who's in all the videos. I bet he still does it. <laughs> and uh, I'll be quite happy to run by him and say hello as I get through there. Anyway, it's been a great day. We are way, way, way outside the time. I mean, it's taken us well over four hours more than we would need to do it, but we have been taking pictures. We even went along to the uh, cafe at Clinogwin and stopped and had a coffee and a cake. So, you know, it was more of a trekking day out than anything. Um, but it does has let me know anyway how much I'm going to have to do uh, to get within the time. I'm struggling down at some steep stuff again now and we're heading back to the car park. So not easy holding a mic and doing this at the same time. But it's a lovely evening, overcast. Um, but we could see the sea in the distance and uh, quite not a sunset but a nice glow out there over the sea and uh, no wind whatsoever today it was a fantastic day if we get that in september with this temperature it would be perfect racing weather but uh, that's very unlikely to happen it's either going to be hot or cold or wet or windy <laughs> very rarely get these perfect running days up here in the mountains so anyway, I might do an update when we get back to the bottom of the car park and know what the times are. But uh, so far, so good. And we've got to do the second or the last third of day one tomorrow morning from our bunkhouse in Clamberis. <laughs> days after the uh, day one recce I met up with uh, Ollie Harrison who is a fellow dragon in training and uh, fairly new to ultra running so I've got an interview with Ollie as well we had a run over Farnham way um, and uh, I've introduced that throughout the day one recce as well so that people who are new to ultra um, and also new to the dragon's back can get to hear what somebody like Oliver is doing in his preparation. That's a great one to segue into day one of the Dragon's Back race. Hi, you're joining me on Hankley Common on the top ridge overlooking the golf course and I'm here with Ollie Harrison who I've only just met, another dragon in training. Um, that's four I've met this week so far, brand new. And uh, Ollie's 
a local lad to here, Farnham, doesn't live down here anymore, and he's home visiting his parents. And he looked me up and said, would I like to come out with him, which is brilliant. And uh, we're doing one of his routes. And I'm just going to, well, get Holly to say hi. Say hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to have a chat with him now about the DBR, the Dragons Boat Racing, where he's at with his training and what he's been up to. I was trying not to trip over yeah, down this hill. Descent. <laughs> uh, so you, you went out on a recce of day two, yeah, didn't you, recently? Yeah, we took a couple of pouts. We did it in 2017. Um, didn't quite manage the Failed to meet the, the cut-off. Didn't quite make the cut-off on. Uh, uh, it, was, it was day day two. Right. And, uh, yeah, so they went back in 2019 to do it again. And, and they kindly said... Yeah, well, day two's a tricky one. We'll go out with you on that, help you with some of the nav, and you know, get you get you do that over two days, which would be a lot more fun than trying to do it in one yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. And how did you find it? Oh, it was, it was a really, really uh, a real runner and two halves. It was, uh, you know, I was, I was expecting Wales, to, the weather to be not so good. That was my most previous experience of walking and running and brecking and things, but never been at the Rhinogs and the Malwins and day one was just absolutely mind-blowingly stunning. It was, the weather was clear. It was really, it was a tough, a tough day, you know, uh, but it was just absolutely uh, mind-blowingly beautiful. There was only, we only saw one person in sort of six hours, um, but there were definitely, you know, there were definitely some tricky bits which you could see why the guys sort of maybe took an extra kilometre or two here because they went too far along a, a ridge without seeing a turn or something. Yep. But uh, So it was really good, really good learning. Second day was just completely different. <laughs> More the whales I remembered, you know, uh, very little visibility. Right. And just howling winds and just wet, wet rain that you couldn't see everywhere. <laughs> it was, uh, but it was good to learn, you know, what, what it would be like and, you know, thinking... That was we because we did the first part of day two on the second day. You're thinking, so six hours in that weather, coming to supply point, and then thinking, oh, I'm not going to do the whole of that day. Do One I just did there, there yeah. did yesterday. You know, it was a, it's a really, really good prep. Yeah. Excellent. Enjoyed it. Still <laughs> a smile on my face. Yeah. Just. We're just going to, well, I'm going to slow to a walk here because we're in really deep sand now, like sand dune, depth sand, going uphill. So, uh, what made you enter the Dragon's Bike Racing, Ollie? I just, uh, I think it was coming in, it was August last year, and uh, you're coming in, being threatened with that lockdown too, and the thought I needed something serious to distract me from what was going on, and then also a love of being in the outdoors. Yeah. Uh, and a challenge, you know, something that I just, at the time, didn't really think... Uh, would be so straightforward. And I think, you know, I've never done anything like it. So yeah. I thought, you know, it appealed to me. It was in the, mount, in the mountains. <laughs> um, yeah. And the orienteering element and even yeah, kind of the admin bits. I, I guess it was all those bits I enjoyed. I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll definitely make sure I'm going to start. Yeah. And hopefully I'll finish it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you've sort of thrown yourself in the deep end with Ultra yeah. by, like, taking on one of the world's toughest mountain races. Yeah. Off, uh, I mean, 
You've hardly done much ultra, have you at all? Yeah, no, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I did um, did quite a bit of one-day events, whether it was through swimming, cycling, or running, in some sort of Ironman distance event. Yeah. But never anything really where you were out running for that longer period of time, and then you know getting up the next day and then doing that six times. No, absolutely not. Like it was really, really new, and uh, <clears throat> maybe naively I thought, well. Can anything be done in one year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's twelve months enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been a steep learning curve. Plus, I kind of thought, you know, if I'm entering this to complete it, that's great. But also, I think there's a journey here in the training that's equally important for me because it was I'd lost a lot of fitness, and I was thinking, you know, this is my head wasn't in the best of places. As I'm sure lots of people's wasn't, you know. Yeah. End of lockdown one, and, and I just thought. This is going to do a lot more for me than just, you know, the, the race. So I sort of felt a degree of satisfaction that I've got to give it a really good shot. But if I don't finish it, then all that effort in this year would have been worthwhile anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, actually, that um, entering the event isn't just about the event, is it? It's the, the journey to it. And the whole point is that you're improving your fitness all I'm the time. Enjoying all those recies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> trying to enjoy yeah. yeah and I think that's something that I'm learning with the reckies is that you know they're all part of the race as well it, an enjoyable plays out you might tell that I'm feeling it for the weekend and Ollie's giving me a bit of a beast in because <laughs> <laughs> he's in a better place than I am anyway yeah I know, I know. I've, had, I've only been here this week I've had no birds at all <laughs> just, yeah. just Hankley Common Hills that's yeah. it <laughs> So you're from up Peak District, di district Way, aren't you? Yeah, that's it, just south of Peaks, yeah. Yeah, so you get plenty of oh. nice running there. Yeah, and there's a few, you know, ex-DBR runners and who use it as their training grounds as well. And yeah, it's, it's a lot, uh, I feel really, really fortunate to have that in, in my, yeah. on my back door. I definitely, you see a lot of people training in much fatter parts of the country and really struggling to try and find some strength but you know some, some elevation but yeah yeah it's we've, we've got it right there on the doorsteps lovely yeah and, uh, yeah that's brilliant because we'll big him up because this podcast for mid to backpack runners but yeah. marcus scotney's yeah. based there yeah. and yeah, he's the favorite yeah he's yeah. running this year yeah and he'll be the favorite i'm just applying a bit of pressure <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah great place to be able to go out and train there Oh, no, it's fantastic. I think, you know, you've got lots of great loops around the Dark Peak area and lots of slopes. They're about, every, all the elevation is about half the distance. So each of the, each of the hills are sort of 250 metres, let's say. And you think, wow, you know, you get into the top of these and turning around and actually when we're in Wales, it's double that, isn't it? It's about yeah. for 500, yeah. 700 metres. So getting back to the Dragon's Bike, what are your big sort of fears or concerns or yeah. I know there's a lot that you probably don't know at the moment but, but uh, what what is it that you most worry about do you think I think uh, I think for, for, just, just funny enough I think for a lot of people maybe a crib gock seems like a kind of a day out walking when they're in yeah. Snowden <laughs> yeah. but for me I think it was definitely it seems strange that sort of such a short section has in the back of my head some it was bugging me a bit because I'm not not fantastic and some open ridges and yeah and uh, 
and not fantastic on heights. So I've been working on my confidence, you know, going up and down. Like the Rhinox is, is great, but it's, yeah. it doesn't have that level of exposure. And yeah. I think, so I think that's, that's, you know, that has a bit of nervousness there. And I, I don't mind saying that, yeah. you know, Kate and Aurora over there, you know, booked one of those recce's. And it was kind of one of the reasons was, is I had a bit of, a bit of nervousness about that. I thought, well, yeah. you know, rather than me just heading out on my own, I wouldn't mind. A, it's a bit of experience around us when I was going up there first time, but yeah, hopefully, you know, you do it once and it's like, oh great, that was, yeah. that's no bother. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> So, day two, second half of the uh, Dragon's Back day one, and uh, it's only about six miles the last half, having done about 25 yesterday. Um, and to be honest, um, I'm sitting here now towards the end of that day because t today was so uh, difficult, I needed my hands so much. Um, with scrambling work. So we set out this morning late, had a bit of a lie-in, and then we had a disaster at Pete's, Eat, uh, Pete's Eats in Clamberis. I wouldn't recommend going there. The service was absolutely useless, and it wasn't that busy, actually, incredibly. So we left there, and then we had to do some car manoeuvring, so we left a car down at the uh, fin finish at Nant Gwynant, and another car out further out on the road below Penny Pass because that was the nearest we could get to. It's actually it's Sunday bank holiday weekend um, and it's Fred Carnot's Circus up here. Um, I've never seen anything like it at Snowden. They're queuing up about an hour queue to get to the uh, trig point at the top. It's more like um, Alton Towers than uh, a national park. But I suppose everybody's entitled to be here. And so we set off... Uh, up to Crib Goch and um, I've never been up there before and there was so much um, quite serious for me uh, hand over hand climbing up the face to get up, up actually onto the area or the ridge line that is Crib Goch. Crib Goch wasn't too bad I mean it, we've had absolutely stunning weather there's been clear blue sky the whole time you can see for miles all around and down Wales um, and it's around about well, up here it's probably about 18 degrees, 20, 21 down in the town at Cranberis. And so I've taken off and uh, we've done that loop. So we've been over Crib Goch, uh, over Carnid Ugen, Ugen, up Snowden, didn't go to the trig point, bypassed that, uh, came round the horseshoe, um, over E. Clinid, Cluid, and. Uh, I'm just to, and over Galt Iwanult, and I'm going to go over the back of there and drop down into what is new, the, the now the new campsite at the end of day one, which is at the other end of Hlyn Gwynant. I took a bit off a bit because I wanted to find out um, what it would be like to actually go for it, um, running in the section off the back of Snowden and round to E. Lewid. 
Um, so I left uh, Riley, Steve and Sylvie who are making their way over now. The winds just suddenly got up where I'm sitting. Um, and just adding the two together in my head, the first day and now, it's just unbelievable. And I can see why so many people get cut off at Penny Pass and how difficult it is to uh, get the two uh, get the two sections done in one day. So I've really got to get my head around that. Um, I think the key to it is to really get cracking, to be honest. I thought it would be people say, oh, save yourself, you know, the six days. But you've re I think you've got to push on over the first section um, to get get some time in the bank, really, straight out of uh, Conway Castle. Um, and certainly over up to Drum, um, you need to get going because it definitely gets tougher when you get to the carnage. Well, I, I did it for the first time on Sunday and I was pretty much the same place as you because I'd never done it and you can't really replicate it unless you go to Scotland or the Alps <laughs> um, and it's well and, and if you have a absolute phobia of heights then you would have a problem in fact uh, there was a guy stuck on it when we came across it really? literally it? sitting frozen. astride it yeah frozen we tried to talk him get his legs over on the left hand side of the ridge which is the safe side and uh, he was frozen up now I don't know how they got him off but anyway it's it's one you've got to do I highly recommend you do it before the event but I found the climb up to it was tougher than the actual ridge um, and it wouldn't be very pleasant on a wet day but you know it's something you've got to, to, to test out, really. So, what about the other stuff? You're all yeah. okay with camp admin and nutrition? and Yeah, I think I've worked it. I think I've trying things out. I've always, uh, I think uh, the races I've done before, the long day races, there was always quite a lot of admin. Not the same level, but, you know, you're always thinking about what you've got to eat and how you can keep it down and how much you've got to eat to keep your energy levels up. But I feel like... Uh, I'm making some progress there. There are definitely some things that aren't working. Over the training period that I've done so far, I think the one thing as a bit of a takeaway is I've relaxed a bit more about like all the pressures of trying to get everything right for six days when there are so many things you can't control. Oh, yeah. So I've definitely got to the mindset where, you know, it's, we're going to you know, take it kind of in a balanced approach, I guess, you know, day by day and enjoy it. But, uh, but yeah, I can't how much, you know, without years and years of experience it's very difficult to say you know how much can you expect from yourself i'm not gonna try and like you were saying don't set out like you're on a marathon yeah, you know yeah yeah that's the thing we were talking earlier about what you know as a road runner or a marathon runner or a triathlete coming into ultra that what you feel is a slow pace on an ultra is not you know and, and your mind to be wired into marathon pace or even easy marathon training pace if you're at the middle of the back of the field it's it's not that 
it's just about getting the day in really time on your feet and getting through it definitely um i think if there's thinking about it one thing i'm a bit there's a real sort of sense of nervousness about it, is if the weather is bad like from day one to day six yeah well that'll mean you know i experience what just the rhinogs that part of day two with bad weather um yeah, so that was your first real experience on the rhinogs of the... Yeah, on that kind of terrain, flag, yeah. in that, in that yeah. weather. And I was like, I really hope everyone has some chance to get out in really bad weather. Yeah. You know? yeah. Because uh, I just thought, six days of that, you know, I, I don't know, I like, I like a bit of bad weather, but, you know, it will eventually, you know, when you're waking up, maybe it's the third day and you're hearing rain on the tent as you're getting out, and, like, most of your kit is a bit damp. Yeah. I just think, you know, there's... You're going to have to get yourself prepared, getting up, get out, carrying on, going again in that, in that kind of weather. I think that's, I think that'll be really tricky, you know, yeah. but it can't I mean how, how bad can the weather be over six days? Yeah. <laughs> in September. <laughs> attempt fate, <laughs> it could be terrible, but we have to be positive. <laughs> but I think the other thing is that what you were saying is you can only control the controllables. So it's just being prepared for bad weather. Having the right kit, going out on bad days, as Kate Worthington has said yeah. before, right. um, about getting out there when it's bad, not just picking the good days, which is what I've done so far. So what's your plan? Here we are, what, three months out now. What's your plan over the next three months before the race? Oh, well, it's got a, I've got a couple of like milestones that I want to get set in my head, I guess, and one was like a, a distance one because I've never run I'm the maximum runs 58 kilometers in one go and so I thought there's a race a couple of friends we're going to do they're called the Meriden that goes from Coventry and it's just more or less a t- 24 hours in one direction oh right that's so, right yeah so I think that's for me that was even though it's going to be quite flat what I want to do is just pass that milestone in my head and see how my body reacts to yeah. continually moving for 24 hours or trying to yeah that's and great. I think that was a, mentally a big thing for me, but other than that, my training's very much been how my body's feeling and holding up, and and then pushing on weeks I feel strong, and then uh, the other thing I'm going to try and do is these uh, these ideas I was talking about, like the ultra bricks. Oh yeah, so, that's great. So not like so, a, yeah. not like a back to back, but it's, you know doing a kind of maybe a 30k evening run or that kind of run length run in the evening, and getting up the next morning. And then maybe putting in a you know, 10 or 20 or something a bit shorter. Yeah. Just uh, that feeling of getting up early after having tired legs and then yeah. sort of getting your body used to it. In the same, exact same way, it, you used to have triathlon bricks to get you used to transitioning off yeah. bike to run. So Yeah, that sounds like a great plan. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it continually trying stuff out, different, <laughs> yeah. different foods, see what I can hold down. Yeah. Uh, probably back on Kinder a lot, right. up and down Kinder. Yeah. Keep trying to keep strengthen the legs, um, and then uh, then lots of recce. Yeah, I think quite, quite a few of us how now. Many, in how many more do you think you get in recce? I've, I've got three. I've, I've been given um, yeah, right. the grace, good grace, and <laughs> I've got three three weekends. Brilliant. That I can use, and I've got like uh, I'm hopeful those three weekends going to cover at least at least maybe maybe four days. Yeah, but I won't get all of the days in. I pick sections of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, so definitely get day one done as well. Yeah, yeah, get get over Cribgok. Hopefully, yeah. get that that out of my bug out of my head on that one. And uh, yeah, brilliant. Get, 
yeah, sort of sharpen up my navigation, I guess. And that's it. That's that's fine. Is it three months? Three I months, I think. Yeah. Well, you'll have to have a bit of a taper in that oh, yeah. as well. So it's absolutely fine. Yeah, it has. Yeah, when it, when we entered uh, twelve months before, yeah, it was like oh, that's miles away, and I really feel we've gone over the peak now and we're into the real hardcore of the, the final efforts for it yeah. as you can hear yeah. <laughs> I feel really like happy with I don't know I don't know kind of you know if am I going to be ready to finish it you know but I definitely feel really happy where I've come in the last few months Brilliant. because so that's, that's uh, yeah I'm happy with that yeah but and I really want to feel you know good at that start line yes you know a lot of people talk about injuries all these injuries happening you know yeah i just desperately trying to avoid it so i can yeah you know, turn yeah. up at the start line and feel yeah. like we'll get a bit of best crack as we can yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah and you're still seeing people saying i've got to pull out and you know it's oh, tragic yeah, yeah. and you think oh god that could be me it's so easy yeah, yeah. well it's been brilliant Thanks for inviting me out, Ollie. No worries. And uh, great route. And uh, best of luck with the next three months. And see you on the start line, if not before. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Kev. So just to tidy up a few points at the end of uh, day one, um, when you come off uh, Golty Wenel down into the new site of the camp at the end of day one, uh, you have a very steep descent over grassy and with hidden rocks in it and towards the end a lot of uh, bracken. Um, and on very tired legs after a very tough day it's quite a hard descent into camp. I know that um, Shane will have skipped down there I'm sure over what he saw as a grassy descent but at the end of a very long day it's going to be quite hard into the camp. The only advantage being that uh, it knocks off a couple of K or even a couple of miles to the original camp but then the minus to that is that that's all added on at the start of day two. Anyway, all in all, a brutal day to start to the Dragon's Back race, but also equally, if you get good weather, a wonderful one. So it's a real mixed bag of a start, really. And I'd just like to thank uh, Peter Riley for organising the recce out that we had. Uh, for Sylvie and for um, Steve for their great company on the trip I'm really kicking myself that I didn't get any of them on the interview which was really bad of me but hopefully I'll catch up with them uh, during or if not before on another recce and uh, we can get them on here to tell their stories on their journey to the Dragon's Back or at some point through it 
And also a big thanks to Ollie Harrison for inviting me out um, and contributing to this podcast in this way, which has been great to add in his thoughts on day two. Uh, Recky, which will be coming up uh, next. So all in all, uh, hopefully that's been a useful exercise for those of you that are Dragons in training or those of you that are considering entering the Dragons back race in the future. And if not, all of those of you that just find anything to do with ultra, especially mountain ultras, of interest. So thanks very much. Until the next podcast, which is not going to be far away. See you out there on the trails. Bye for now. With your ultra running progress, get regular up-to-date news, free advice and motivation for ultra running, subscribe to the Aid Station podcast through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or any of your other favourite podcast libraries. You can also get Aid Station via www.aidstation.co.uk. Also, please see the show notes below for the episode to find the links to all the mentioned recommendation and events. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Aid Station, and if you did, please leave a review and subscribe. Another bit of news, I've set up a Facebook page for Aid Station. It's an Aid Station ultra running community, um, and it'd be great to get you along there. Please just feel free, search it up on Facebook and come along, and you can then join in with the community stuff on there, asking questions and get direct access to me if you want to, to talk about anything ultra. So it'd be great to see you along there. And until then, and until the next aid station comes along, keep running, enjoying your running, and I hope to see you out there on the trail soon. Bye for now. Thank you.